you're back. Welcome to episode two of the Pivot People podcast. My name's Kim. I am your host, a former educator and the founder of New Zealand Transitioning Teachers. This podcast is the podcast for you if you are a teacher in New Zealand and you're looking for career support, whether that's within education or out. Today's episode is actually part two of three of Garth's career story, I guess. I'm not quite sure what to call it, but yeah. So the first episode was all about Garth transitioning from nursing into teaching. He just loves his career. He thinks he's great. And I wanted to hear his side of it and his story because it's awesome hearing stories like that. And today's one is all about, and he's moving actually, he's got a job over the ditch He's going to Australia, and I wanted to hear about what you need to think about when you want to do those kind of overseas changes. I worked in China, but it's a little bit different. So, yeah, tune in and let's have a listen about what it took. And so now you've gone through an awesome few years of teaching in New Zealand. You've had your ups and downs, we all have. It's part of it. And now we're jumping the ditch. Chapter two, chapter three? Yeah. Oh, chapter, I've, lived in Australia. I've actually nursed, I nursed in Australia, actually, so. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. Well, right, <laughs> I've got some serious 411s I need to ask you. And I'm gonna really crunch down because I know exactly the types of questions that people are gonna to wanna to know. Okay. The big one. Talk to me about the money. Okay, so the money is better. <laughs> it, it's um, if you include the superannuation on it, which um, you I don't know if you really can because it's quite difficult to get your superannuation back from Australia. But that's probably another fifteen grand, I think. And then, but on top of my base salary now, it's about another. I'm just trying to do my um, percentages. It's probably a thirty-five percent pay increase. It's quite. It is oh. quite substantial. But, and I'll I'll caveat this. I, I I have I teach in an independent school here in New Zealand, which I get paid the same, exactly the same as a state school. And I've got a job at an independent school in Victoria as well. And I th- think they get paid slightly more, but um. I, I know that it is it is very similar to um, the state sector or the whatever they call it over there, um, teaching wise. So the money the money is it is it is better. It, it is without a doubt better than what I'm getting now. So Garth, I want a number. Um. So I'm on. Well, how long have we been teaching now? It's like are we just, would be. I think our eighth year or ninth year, mm. is that right? I can't remember. I think it's um, Yeah. So I think I'm getting, well, I, I can't remember. I don't even know. I'm not very good at remembering how much we get paid here. It's like 80-something here, and it's over 100,000 there. So. Like 110? About 105 or something like that, or 100, 100 and, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's something like that. It, it is like, it's, 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 more and the cost of living over there is actually it's very similar to wellington is it <laughs> the rentals it's very similar um for 
for a similar style of house that's quite similar to say to say down like in, around Wellington you know so if you're if you were in the middle of Wellington say which we we have to live near the hospital my wife's at which is in the middle of town and it would probably be about the same price as what a similar similar style and size of apartment is in in, in Wellington in an equivalent area but the the actual food and everything over there is so my I went over to Melbourne last week and we went out for dinner to meet my new class and we went out for dinner at a Thai restaurant and it was a lot it was a lot cheaper than uh, than an equivalent restaurant I think the cost of living in in Melbourne is probably more than it is say in other cities but it's but it's wow. not that different to New Zealand um, at the moment with our with our uh, crisis that we're in at the moment. How did you find the job? So, I literally this is how I've got my last couple of jobs. I just looked at schools, and um, I applied they had a job going I applied for one job and um I didn't hear from them so I then enrolled in a master's because I thought well I might do a master's instead um and I got into that and then they contacted me a lot later than I was expecting them to I just assumed I hadn't got the job and then they said I actually would like to interview you tomorrow and so um they interviewed me the next day on zoom and then they told me the following day that I had a job, so I dropped out of my master's and um, took that job instead. So it was pretty, very painless. I just sent my um, CV. This is obviously independent school, um, I think. But you can, I, I did look for other jobs, and there is, they don't have a, you know, we've got the Gazette in New Zealand. I don't think they have an equivalent. They may do, and I've, I might be mistaken. Um, but you you just sort of, I just looked for um, an, another independent school, actually, that was what I was looking for, and um, I wanted a co-ed independent school, I quite, they're not very big on structured literacy in uh, a lot of the state schools, and the school that we were zoned for was um, very against structured literacy, and I'm a very big advocate for it, um, because it's what the evidence suggests works very well, and my son starts school in February, and so I wanted them to go to a school that did structured literacy, and that was another thing that I looked at And when I applied for the job because I thought, well, if I'm going to teach, I need to go to the same teach at the same school that my kids can go to. So I just went and looked on their websites, um, and, uh, and I just applied. Just sent them my CV as I would with a cover letter, and they, yeah, they were very helpful. That was the easiest bit of the whole thing was actually getting the job in, in many ways. Getting my registration, on the other hand, is uh, was very Tell painful. Tell us more about that. <laughs> getting your registration, what was... So this is something that if people want to actually contact me, because it was really difficult to do, um, and it shouldn't have been, it was just that the people that I was speaking, the person that I was speaking with... Um, basically hadn't read the memo so it's a lot easier now to get your registration if you're a kiwi um and they have a mutual recognition um pathway so if you go into the, it's vit victorian institute of teaching is the registration um body of victoria 
um, and they have this little, they've got a their dashboard and it looks pretty, you think, oh, this is going to be quite sweet to do. But um, one of the sections is getting your identity, like you have to show that you're an Australian, <laughs> which obviously if you're in New Zealand, you're not. And so I, that was the bit that I had real, real problems with. So I had to end up um, ringing them up and I spoke to a, to a guy and he said, well, you, if you can't show that you won't be able to get your registration and it takes about six weeks to get your registration. And so you'll have to do it when you move over there and move over. And I was like, well, I move over the day before I'm starting meant to go start. I'm with arriving a week before I, school starts but and I was like well I need to have my registration sorted out before that and he's like well no and I was I, it was it was a really frustrating phone call and I said well is there anyone else that knows um you know like a, a way that I can do this and he's like no there's no way you can do this I was like I'm pretty <laughs> sure there is man <laughs> and so um I said oh look I'll 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 have to ring back later so I hung the phone up and rang back <laughs> straight away and got someone different. And um, the woman that answered the phone was a New Zealander. And she'd obviously read the team's chat about what to do with New Zealanders that were trying to, <laughs> um, she actually said this. And so um, and so she just talked me through it. And it was just a case of getting a statutory declaration um, and someone to sign it. There's a lot of stat decks to, to do. That's probably the only thing. But if you've if you're at a school, <laughs> you can get your principal to sign all your stat decks. So I think my principal got a little bit sick of me because um, I'd have to keep turning up with these new stat decks that, that they would have, they'd keep asking me for. So it was a little, that was a little bit more painful than it should have been. Um, and I was sort of stressed a bit that I wasn't going to be able to take the job, but you can do it. And I now have my Victorian teaching registration. It just was a lot more painful than, um, than it needed oh. to be. So, How long did yeah. it take, do you reckon? Or would it take? Uh, it took, once I got it in, they, they say it's is it five to six weeks or four to six weeks, and I got it within a week of giving them all the information. But it probably took me about three weeks <laughs> to get all the stuff together. You have to have all your academic transcripts and um, you have to have all of the, like, what else did I need? like your, a criminal record check. So you get a criminal record check and then it runs out in a week. You have to have a, one that's within a week being done within the week. So that I had to get two of them because they took so long to, to tell me. So, um, so it definitely took longer than a week. What in case you go ransacking things I've committed in the week a crime between. In that, in that week period, <laughs> which I felt like doing actually. So they were very lucky. <laughs> oh, <phew. laughs> well, I was very lucky. <laughs> um but yeah it, it was it's all just a case of getting all your um academic transcripts which I had thankfully because I'd enrolled in the masters I had had on my computer nicely sorted anyway so that wasn't too big a deal um and then yeah it was rel it was actually very painless once I got once I knew what to do it was just finding out what to actually do because there's a lot of sections I think there's about 12 sections that you have to fill in and you sort of systematically go through them and then you, you hit a brick wall at one and you're like, oh, I need that now. And then you go, and this 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 one, I can't remember exactly what it was called. It was to do with your 
like if you're an Australian, you'd you'd have provided, I think, a, your passport or something like that, and then like a um, a driver's license, an Australian driver's license. I think it was something pretty easy if you were actually living in Australia, but because I wasn't, and or, and if you were from another country that's not New Zealand, you could provide your visa. But because we don't have a visa, we don't need a visa to come go and work in Australia. We don't have a copy of that, and so. Um, the guy that was that I spoke to, um, he was just not as knowledgeable as I would would have hoped, and um, and the lady that I spoke to was extremely helpful and obviously very diligent woman on her it's teams. A pro tip: so, if you hit a brick wall with yeah. those guys, hang up, ring back straight away, get a different person, rinse and repeat until you get the Kiwi lady. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she was such a nice lady, and she's like, "Oh, I heard your accent, <laughs> and I knew you were a Kiwis, and I've just seen what we're meant to be doing, and I think they've—I I actually think they've only just changed it <laughs> to make it a bit easier for for Kiwis to go and work there because I know Victoria is very um, is really short of teachers, so um, yeah, and and I think some of the schools will will pay you for relocation and that sort of thing as well, um, and. So it's it's pretty it's a if 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 you if you're able to do it I don't want to I don't want all the teachers to leave New Zealand but um and we're only going we're we're in Australia for two years so we are coming back to Wellington um we're just going over for my for my wife's job obviously and um and then we she's got a permanent job back down in Wellington or back here in Wellington um in two years which we're very keen because it'll be our last move our 14th move but um in 15 years so i'm quite looking forward forward to to staying here wow yeah have you have you got any advice like any intel advice for anybody listening that's thinking oh yeah aussie looks good um or bits of knowledge that you've picked up just i would i would say look it depends i think it it really depends on your your personal pedagogy as well. I think you've got to, it's like New Zealand, you know, like I, I, it's, that's really important to me now in my, in my teaching is that um, the school aligns with my, how I, my beliefs in, 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 in teaching, I mean, um, and how. Can I pause in, that for a second? Sure. Too many people when they're looking for jobs, they try and make themselves fit to the job yeah, rather than the other way around. And it doesn't yes. matter whether you're in teaching, in nursing, in yep. accounting, or doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're changing careers or anything. I cannot stress enough how important it is to do your groundwork and your research before applying to work out if this is somewhere that you actually want to be. Is this work oh. that you want to do? And are they doing stuff that you want to be a part of? Are they going to share this output like, with you? Uh, this is one hundred percent, and I, and I'm you know I know I'm very privileged that that I can do that. You know I can be a little bit more um, selective. the The reason I applied for this school was it mentioned a lot of the things that I re- I strongly believe in education, and and it really aligned with me. And I've taught at a school that. I probably didn't do my due diligence on and realized almost on the first day, I was like, this is going to be a, a bit of a hard, 
hard year for me um and I really didn't enjoy it and it was a lot of it was because of, and I mean I'm I haven't started my job yet so it might be as you know you don't really know what it's like but um a lot of the stuff that we talked about in, in the job interview and you can often pick up things like that in the in a job interview but not always I certainly um when I had the job interview we were we were speaking of the same things and um so we I, they we knew what we, each other was talking about and, and our beliefs and, and our um, how we thought children should be taught and, and that sort of thing really aligned with me and that was made me quite excited and um, so that was a really Do you know what we call that in recruitment? No. The chemistry test. Well, you vibed, it, man. Absolutely, you vibed. And, yeah, it is, and we've got really good vibes. When, when they took me out for dinner <laughs> dinner in Melbourne and and with the Tick. the principal and the DP and it was just like oh this is cool like this is you know just a, a nice um like they were nice people like they, they are nice people but the teaching wise it was it really I, I could support what what was being done and um and so that that was really and my kids are going there too so I was really um that's a double doubly important for me or triply important because two of my kids are going there obviously and um but yeah that that was pretty that was big for me and and, and as a as a someone who's been teaching a little while now I've realized that that's really important as well for me to actually enjoy my my job in a way that I'm that I, I believe in what I'm doing in a classroom so so if I think about your journey yeah. and summarize it in a real brief timeline we went into nursing and we thought that was going to be it we decide it's not going to be it and then you get clear on your exit strategy you back it up with action and you choose your next career based on your values your drivers and your belief because you've got clear around who you are and what you're about and what you want to do and then with that career you've been able to grow and develop on that because as you create that kind of base knowledge in your new career which would be teaching you've been able to go this is the stuff i like and this is the stuff i don't like and then you chase after it so you've kind of niched down again and the clearer you get the stronger you get and the more enjoyment and satisfaction you get out the back of it It takes a lot of work to do that i i think you've you've summed that up really nicely actually kim i um yeah, I, I I like the the last bit. Like the more you and you actually enjoy it more when you sort of find out what you enjoy more. Like <laughs> I know that sounds so simple, but but it's like yeah, the the things I enjoy, I I want to keep enjoying and teaching. And I say you look, you start looking for those. So, um, which is I think it's really hard. It can be really hard to do that, and it and it can be really, um. You can feel a bit trapped, I think, in any profession. You can pe- feel a bit trapped in it, and it can be a bit comfortable when you're earning, you know, enough money to support your family, and then taking a taking a break um, to change careers or to retrain or do something different. Even is you don't really know, like that. You don't know if you're getting out of the frying pan into the fire, and um, I certainly had, was really worried about that when I left nursing i thought this in my 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 brother i thankfully had my brother's he's a primary teacher and he was really supportive 
my mother who has been teaching now for 55 years mm-hmm. um she was not <laughs> so it was quite quite funny but um <laughs> on that though you can you've got choices in that situation yeah. i'm a big believer that in any situation there are always choices to be had and they might be the hard ones or potentially the ones that you don't really want to have but they're there and um, when you leave a career you have choices about how you leave that career in terms of relationships and stuff like that. So just because you've left one never ever means you can't go back if it's the right thing to do for you and you're not just reverting back to your default. If it gets to the point where you're like, I've tried these new things and it's not working. If you've done the process right in the beginning, you're going to be fine. Not to spoil the ending or anything, but everything's going to be okay. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it, but one hundred percent. Like you know, there's there's no shame in it. Like if I went back nursing now, um, I don't. They would. I don't think anyone would. Or even if they did judge it, it's like got nothing to do with them. There's you know, everyone has their everyone has their reasons to change career, and everyone has their reasons to do whatever decision that makes them happy. So, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad about myself if I went back and did nursing. I, but I don't want to do that. But, um, but yeah, that's right. You do what you do. What's best for you, and it it can just be making that decision. That's the hardest thing is actually just saying, "All right, I am going to do this." And um, I was very lucky that I had some counterbalances in my life, and um, and then the most reasonable person I know is my wife. So um, I generally listen to her. So. <laughs> and if you want to get a bit philosophical on it, you've got one life. You don't have a <laughs> test true. run. You've got one. No. So you either sit exactly. there forever wondering trapped in fear and self-loathing feeding into your drama cycles (laughs) and your ego or you go i'm gonna i'm just gonna try it and i'm just gonna give it a go what have you got to lose what have you got to gain you'd be surprised that's right i think that there's a big thing like the whole um you know like it's low risk high reward you know and, and i think changing a job can sometimes be really it, it, it can be it can feel like a big risk but it often isn't because you can go back to teaching and or, or whatever profession you've gone like but the reward of it could be that you actually get into a career that you really love which you'd never know about mm. and um and I think that's that's really that that's 100% how I feel about teaching like I'm I'm glad it was the best decision I ever did um because i was able to I may I love the fact that there's a that there's a pathway where I can go and teaching that I actually want to be going be going up as opposed to nursing which I didn't really want to go for any further up the path than what I had already so um mm. and I wouldn't have felt and I I feel like I've got more to go with teaching uh, with teaching than um you know in the next 10 years will be as enjoyable or as what the last the you know, the previous 10 have been, or the previous nine, I think we've agreed on, um, have been, so. <laughs> nine. <laughs> it seems wow, like, it seems like longer. 
it does doesn't it (laughs) i have actually worked in education for longer i did two and a half years in admin as well teacher admin oh wow yeah god good on you that's the way you do yeah yeah i earned 750 dollars a fortnight i hurt it really hurt i had to get a second job in the pub which i loved Oh my god, that's hands down my favourite job I've ever had. (laughs) Working in the pub. The the pub job. Oh god, if it paid me enough money, I would be there, but it just didn't, unfortunately. (laughs) There's so much fun. I had a I had a milk run. I had a milk run when I was a kid, and that was the best job I ever had. (laughs) Oh, that's so. And that paid. That that it was so good. It was uh paid me thirty dollars a week, which was good when you're fifteen, but um. And I was so fit, <laughs> and we'd go out and deliver milk. This is like, you know, before you, you, but when you could actually trust people to not take your milk money. Um, but yeah, it was that was awesome. A great bunch of people that did it with us as well. It was, all, it was so much fun. People make the difference, <laughs> don't they? If only I had a milk run. Yeah, it's not too late. Still get a milk run if you want one. You could run around Melbourne. Yeah, quite a run. Quite a run around Melbourne. It's quite a large city, largest in Australia now. Don't put those blockers in your way. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. Hey, y'all. Yes. Thank you heaps for coming on the show and sharing your journey and insights with the group. I'm more than sure people would have got a lot of information from it. And that's the end of part two of three of Garth's career story. Coming up is part three of three, which is all about, well, touches on the state of teaching and how New Zealand transitioning teachers has kind of created a wedge, I guess. Disrupted the norm. Sounds a lot more interesting, doesn't it? NZTT, the disruptors. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Tune in and hear all about it. Ta-ta! Thank you for listening to the Pivot Podcast. If you like the content, give it a like, give it a follow, give it a share, send it to somebody that you think would benefit from hearing it. If you would like to feature in a podcast, or perhaps you've got some thoughts about this podcast that you might want to email in about, you can contact me on hello at pivotpeople.co.nz. Thanks for listening.